0: Thought we'd gone away, but I'm happy to say that we have returned. The Steadcast is back. Introducing to you first the head coach of Steadcast. Drum roll, please. It's Kieran Clements.
1: He's back. We've crawled out of the pits of lockdown. It's not even really (laughs) lockdown anymore. We've just been lazy, but we're back. We're going to be talking to you today about the London Marathon, or what's left of the London Marathon, which is the elite race. And we'll talk about some of the other kind of interesting bits of stories and personal kind of connections that we have to London and I'm joined obviously as always brilliant intro from Mr Sam Wade. How
0: the hell have you been Mr Kieran because it has been a while the last time I recorded the pod with you I was sat next to you in a sort of bus shelter looking sculpture in Christchurch Park as we were hiding
1: from the rain in Christchurch Park and if you remember correctly, the day before that, I had just sort of exploded my calf um, on a long run of all things. But we're back from that now, back up into into some decent-ish training. Um, yeah, I'd say we're probably at about 60 70% fitness. So there's still a little bit of a way to go. But it's been almost about as best-case scenario as I could have had coming back from that calf injury. No real setbacks or anything like that. Just taking it nice and slow with quite limited racing still available there's no reason to rush back how about you what have you been up to
0: well uh, obviously you and i had a bit of a chin wag before we hit the record button on this so it's fair to say that i've had a fair amount of life happening in the background um i won't go into tons of details <sighs> but things like uh being affected by the pandemic and being affected by illness and um changing where i live and going back to work like these are all Things that have been kind of circling and swooping down every now and again to just interrupt the flow of my life. But um, but as I explained to you, um, and to reassure any listeners, things are finally feeling a little bit more settled for me, which is nice. And I am finally sort of starting to get back into a running mindset. I think that was the thing that I struggled with most was my fitness has just completely vanished during lockdown. Um, and I'm <laughs> well... I mean completely
1: vanished so um... (laughs) well I was going to say what likely one of the reasons that your fitness kind of likely suffered was the lack of a goal to kind of work towards but it turns out that you did actually have something lurking in the background the whole time and I think let's just cut straight in with this if we're talking about the London Marathon you've got your own kind of little unique thing that you're doing for the London Marathon which you were obviously due to run if listeners of past podcasts would know you were due to run it in April but Obviously, the pandemic took care of that one for you. Now, October's an elite-only race. So, again, that's taken care of that one. So, tell us what your London Marathon situation is.
0: Yeah, so, as you rightfully explained, my story kind of goes that I was finally granted my place for the for the Classic Race in in April. That didn't happen. And then my plan was After to... After, what,
1: nine years of not uh, making it about, s- about
0: seven, something like that. Yeah, like, long enough. Put it that way, long enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah finally got to the point where I was really excited, and then it got cancelled. Then my goal was to assuming that October would go ahead, which you know when it all kicked off it didn't it didn't sound unrealistic. six months to get the air clear, and then we'll be fine. but then, as sort of we got to July, which is when I would have probably picked up my training again uh, it became apparent that it probably wasn't gonna happen because the pandemic didn't feel <laughs> like it had cleared up. And then I sort of lost the motivation just because I thought, well, they're not going to be able to run it. And with everything aforementioned going on, it was extremely difficult to find a full schedule of motivation to uh, to go out and really, and really perform at my best. So I just sort of stopped running. Now, they've obviously kept this October the 4th date, which was their reschedule thing, but then they did it as a virtual edition. Now, a virtual race to me, especially as something like a mass participation event like the marathon, you know, half the energy... Is Or probably more than half the energy is the buzz off the people around you, the crowd, the other runners, that person who's like, you know, 10 feet ahead of you with the blue shoes on who you you don't want them to beat you, but you're going to chase them anyway. You know, like that sort of thing. That's where it all comes from. Because that wasn't going to exist. I just sort of fell off the mark. However, um, as I went through a charity place, as you said, past, past podcast listeners will know that I got my place through each, the East Anglians Children's Hospice, um, and I had a meeting with them the other day, which was really good just to catch up, and they sort of said, look, do you want to do it? And I said, okay, well, if I've got an opportunity to do it, I shouldn't waver the fact that I have a position, if that makes sense.
1: Yep so you've just confirmed you're in for the April 2022 version of the London Marathon is that right you've got your place confirmed for that?
0: Correct yeah so my motivation really with this and for people who don't know if you had a placement for London this year they've since offered you the opportunity to do the virtual race and you'll still get your finishers certificate and your finishers medal um, but they won't take that as your place for a future race if that makes sense you still have your opportunity to run yep. the, the so you f- get a
1: virtual f- and a future london marathon
0: correct Yes. Yeah. so i decided to go on the april 2022 basis and i do that on two reasons one i think i would prefer to run the marathon in april because that's kind of the classic race if you know what i mean um yep. and also i feel like april is probably a more suitable training regime because let's be honest between january and april nothing really happens so it's not like you miss out on anything but hopefully no
1: that's true yeah trying to train being a normal person which i hope you don't mind me calling you yeah a normal person training for the marathon through the summer is brutal because you've got to obviously fit your runs around work which means potentially running in blazing heat on some days you'd have to forego potentially some social occasions like if by then i would hope beer gardens and things like that would be back open and yeah it's just not quite as far in the winter you can pretty much dedicate yourself to it because there's not a huge amount going on you may have some long runs that you have to do in the dark but yeah i agree i think it's a little bit easier for for kind of yeah like your joe public kind of guy to train for the marathon in the winter
0: yeah precisely and the other thing as well is that um Is that the the race taking part in October and things like that? It just giving myself. If you're going to because the the 2021 race is going to take part in October because and as London rightfully said, I they've said that's their best opportunity to get a normal kind of participation event back. Is delaying it further and my my logic goes well. If you're only going to have those two events six months apart, you might as well wait and then get the favourable conditions yep that that's six months down the
1: line so but it does well, that's t- true weather on the race day i think is it's by no means guaranteed in the uk and especially in current climate but yeah you'd you'd bet your house on april over october weather wise october could throw up literally anything it could snow it could be 20 <laughs> degrees you would like exactly you've got no idea exactly so
0: so yeah so that is my my personal kind of story with how i'm going ahead with it however Like I said, and this is what's daunting because imagine the scene, if you will, lovely listeners, is that I have barely run at all. I can't remember the last time I did a run more than seven and a half miles um, and I volunteered to take on this virtual race. Now, as London have done it, is they've given you the full 24 hours on Sunday, the 4th of October to be able to do it. And they say you can walk it, run it, do however you want and you can do it in bits. So I've kind of used my motivation as four lots of 10k i know marathon's technically a little bit over so you'll have to just you know plus change but i thought if i can do four that's that's what i was going to ask you
1: actually are you going to do four lots of 10.5k or are you going to do three 10ks and then do a 12k as the last one more i'll tell you what or any other variation
0: uh, well more realistically what i'm likely to do is is choose a few different locations so like one of which if i don't fill it fit in a lap of Alton water that just kind of feels a bit wrong don't you think like I oh, think absolutely I think a well that homage be your 12K lap, leg exactly yeah so that was kind of my thing is if I do at least one lap of Alton water it's 10k and change so
1: absolutely I think Kesgrove Park Run should probably feature as well yeah Yeah, two laps of that that's 10k yeah easy. that's a
0: good shout so so this is this is my thought is if I can kind of pick a few different locations in order to do the runs then then that's quite a nice way to do it because then i still cover the distance and i still give myself a chance to not die because i haven't trained <laughs> the the concept of going out and running i think 10 miles would probably go fine in the legs i think a half marathon would probably still go okay in the legs at the moment but i think i'd get to mile number 14 and 15 and i would start to really flag and that is not a point you want to be flagging at in a marathon. <laughs>
1: no not with more than 10 miles to go you can probably get away with a mini flag at 20 yeah that's yeah. it yeah
0: well, i think i think the wall is supposed to hit at the uh, at the 18 through 20 marks so um
1: so yeah. yeah 18 18 to 22 is when people generally start to kind of yeah really hit that struggle i mean yeah. it's by no means easing it's by no means easy running 18 to 22 miles at any kind of pace but yeah when you're in the marathon and you're racing it's 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 a little bit different but yeah precisely yeah, so go on oh <laughs> I, I was just going to ask you to carry on saying what you were what you were saying about splitting it up what's what's the plan with splitting it up we've already discussed this a little bit but Tell the listeners the times that you're planning on going for your four runs.
0: (laughs) Well, my thought is the fact that they've granted you twenty-four hours, I think it would be one, quite fun to spread it out, and two, foolish not to try and use every moment you could for recovery, especially every
1: single second.
0: So my my plan my plan is basically on Saturday night to not do what I did on this Saturday night, which is bang down most of a bottle of red, is to drink several glasses of water and then the moment it clocks over to midnight go out and do my first run and then I can still kind of come back, you know, 40 minutes later or however long it takes me, um, you know, probably more like 45 minutes in current fitness. (laughs) Um, Come back after that and then actually get some proper sleep so it sort of feels like I've had a bit of a chance to recover and then do a couple of um, runs during the day, exactly where though it will be, I'm not sure yet, but yeah, do a couple of runs during the day and then maybe just try and get a somewhat early night and for god's sake do not miss an alarm to get up kind of (laughs) later in the day you know try and get get like a eight o'clock bedtime and then try and get up at like half 10 and then go out and bosh the last one
1: that's what i was going to ask is how much are you going to leave yourself for the last one assuming you split them evenly and the last one is 10.5k do you really ride that line and only give yourself like about 50 minutes to get it done
0: well this is or
1: do you or do you allow yourself okay I'm gonna have run thirty two or thirty one and a half K already that day I'm gonna be pretty tired like I may I may be going slowly or I may need to stop a couple of times. do you allow yourself like an hour and a half or even two hours
0: yeah I mean to this get is, that
1: done this is what if it. you have to walk it in like, <laughs> well yeah be, there's so many variables here
0: to be fair I think if i if I had to really Put my neck on the line now and say, out of all the ones I would run, the midnight one will be a run. It will be a proper like, you know, because i have had, I'll, I've been up during the day on Saturday, I've had things yep. going on, and it will be a right. I've got the motivation to to carry that energy of a Saturday night into a run the middle of the day one's honestly i could see myself just walking one just as a recovery you know do a do do one 10k as a run and then just walk it walk another one immediately as part of a recovery or something you know just cuz you could quite easily go out for a 10k walk on like a saturday afternoon you know, after your lunch or something. Yeah,
1: that is very reasonable. Well, what you could do is you could recruit somebody to do that one with you. Have you recruited anyone for any of the runs?
0: uh, No, I haven't. That was actually part of my... I've got the day off today, so that was part of my motivation was to uh, give a call to uh, a couple of people. I mean, Uh, A friend of mine, Callum, has recently bought himself a mountain bike and he's very keen to go out on various environments. So for the Alton Water lap, I was going to say to him, if he could uh, ride alongside me, if he could go nice and slowly and I'll run next to him, it would just be nice having a friend just to shout (laughs) slogans
1: at me. There we go. No, that would be good actually. Um, and I know actually, you could give him, you could give him a GoPro or a camera or something well, as well. Mate, mate, you know how my actually, mind works. Actually, do you know what I think? Have, have I have works. I just guessed at the next big Samway feature? Well, on the... you, you you might have
0: done. I've got some ideas brewing. Um, that is a hell of a lot of pressure to squeeze into a week's worth of uh, a week's <laughs> worth of stuff. But um, but yeah, no, I am I am conscious of all of this sort of stuff, and I and I feel like it's right to try and make some sort of production out of all of it. So. I've got ideas blossoming and cameras and pieces to cameras and all that sort of thing will be will be present throughout so that is my thing and also the other thing that's really important let's not run away from it I could be about to line up a perfect segue is uh, I do want to watch an elite race that's happening in London
1: yes you do and yeah you'll have to make some time for that during the day do you know what I really we haven't really done any research for this at all we've just sort of uh, said right let's have a phone call, because we haven't chatted in a couple of weeks anyway, yeah. and talk about the London Marathon, and just record it and stick it out on the internet for all to listen to. <laughs> well, here we um, go. So I can do, I can so do a few things. I don't things. actually know what time they're kicking off, I think off the top of my head it's around about 11am.
0: Yeah, which sounds about right, doesn't so it? But
1: that's, I
0: can, I that's can give very you, much off the top of my head. Well, I can give you a bit of information, because I've got the uh, computer up uh, in front of me, um, and also it's interesting that the... The London Marathon sent me a little kind of care package, as it were, the other day, um, and it's got it's given. They've still given out race numbers, which is fun. Um, so my race number, yes, they
1: they oh. are. Are you going to be wearing it for for your runs?
0: Yeah, you got to, haven't you? It's all, all part the, all part of the ceremony. Yeah. I've got quite. I'm quite happy with my race number. It's quite a cool race number, actually. It's forty seven hundred. Okay, it just looks quite nice because it's got lots of zeros in it. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Um, fair enough
0: um but yeah so yeah, so, so was, that's it 40
1: 4, would obviously be much cooler yeah that would have been cool but uh, you could just stick a draw a decimal in the middle of it and 42k yeah but, that's
0: it um but um but yeah so here we go so let's go event info and see see kind of what they've yeah, got so to say for themselves
1: have a look and see if you can find the start time in terms of event info um Obviously, we know it's going to be in St. James's Park. It's doing laps of, I think it's about 1.2 miles per lap. So yeah, there's,
0: they're not big laps. For aren't... those
1: guys, no. So for the elite, it should be somewhere between about five and six minutes um, per lap. So, yeah, roughly 2K a lap. Which means that we're going to be seeing some absolute world-class runners getting lapped, which is going to be very interesting. I saw somebody who I sort of almost look up to as a runner posted something on twitter or something like that the other day like yeah if i don't get lapped by kipchoge i'd be having one hell of a race and this is like an olympian that's posting that so (laughs) yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool to watch what my hope is is that they cover not only the front of the race but they also cover the british interest in the race as well because it's obviously the the olympic trials for the british team which I mean, on both men's and women's side, perhaps even more exciting on the women's side than the men's as Callum Hawkins is pre-selected and he's not actually running. Um, so only two spots up for grabs there. But on the women's side, there's obviously three spots up for grabs of about, I think, six women round the qualifying time last year. Yeah. So that's uh, that's going to be a very interesting one.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to just kind of see the format of this because essentially it's it's like a kind of a big glorified running track, isn't it? How they're doing it—it it is you don't th-
1: essentially if you were going to put the marathon on a track, this is about the closest kind of that you would get to it. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's
0: bizarre because, and the thing is it's so strange is that, you know, the format of, you know, and especially if we watched Mo Farah's run where he was running for one hour, obviously you sort of saw how that, but it was, it was still a normal thing to watch, but obviously just over such an extended time period, um mm. but because that was such a small participation that it really only boiled down to a group of three or four people in the end yeah you know, which well it was
1: it was, was mo it was mo Bashir, and then it was just that that thing of haile gabriel i can't remember what the name for it is but that graphic yeah <laughs> it was running with the most weird form anyone who's seen <laughs> it or if you if you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Like, have a look. <laughs> he's got some very interesting form. Doesn't quite match Gabriel Selassie, but no, but it,
0: but but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting seeing, like you say, people getting lapped, and is that going to be, you know, how do, <laughs> if you're about to get lapped, like you say, running a world class, I mean, it won't time, be an issue because you... there's
1: only about 20 people in the race, but yeah, if you're if, I think it's feasible that they'll run a world record on Sunday, and we'll have a prediction section later, but. I can see the world record going down. But if you're a lap behind that, let's say Kipchoge laps you on his run into the finish, you're still on for about a 2.06.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you're not going going to be slouching at all.
1: And off the top of my head, I don't think I can think of any British guys in the race that are going to run 2.06. So the winner of the british race is likely going to be over a lap behind the winner of the race and yeah i don't know how many when was the last time a british title was decided by a lap runner like yeah or won by a lap runner even
0: exactly yeah or just or when was the last time that anyone who ran a you know like you say a 206 marathon can say that they were lapped, in, lapped. In, in any race <laughs> yeah. like you know what I mean like it's just people, people who run that fast don't get lapped Um
1: no no even in even in your track career you wouldn't get lapped running a 206 marathon it, but... exactly so it is it's going to be
0: it's going to be interesting to watch and I just hope that the adjusted format still gives way to a good spectacle which you know given the, the level of talent and given the fact that I think also something that's really interesting is given the fact that we've sort of seen this with you know in the project we always talk about you know project two and any and all that sort of stuff. Given the fact that we have mm. seen formats that are a little bit unusual like this, but on on a lapped thing and a distance in a controlled yeah. environment, you know to talk and I
1: think that's that's the exact type of kind of attitude that I think they need to adopt. I think they need to make a real show out of this. Yeah,
0: they need cause... to have they need to have lights and fireworks and something just to make it
1: interesting. You know, they need to have some yeah. Sort well, of the pizzazz. monza. The Monza race, that first one, like, yes, granted, versus the Ineos project, it did seem a little bit cold, but something like I still watched that. And maybe it was just because it was the first time anyone had done anything like that. So it was new and exciting. But I still watched that, like, start to finish and was like, couldn't look away. Yeah. If London can somehow capture that kind of inspiration and they can make the TV coverage, like, I'm hoping they do go really, really all out and they've got. All of the bells and whistles plus, you know, super focused attention on the race. Like I want to know everything that's going on. Like I want splits. I want who's wearing the British race. I want, you know, how are the runners looking like in-depth analysis from people that have been in the sport. And I don't know who the commentators are going to be. I'm hoping it's going to be um, Tim Hutchins and Crammy, but who knows? And like maybe another couple of special guests, but yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see what they make of it. In terms of delivering it to a mass audience, because I think that's going to be key here to the success of the event.
0: Well, what will be interesting is if you consider how the television coverage goes for a normal marathon race event, is you obviously have the coverage of the up front, but then you also have things like wheelchairs, and you have the women's race and the men's race, and then you also have the shots to somebody dressed as a rhinoceros or somebody dressed as Big Ben or things like that. Now, I, um, i've got them thing. i don't know if you've read about how they're going to kind of stagger a women's race versus a men's race and i don't know if there's going to be wheelchair events and things like that going on um so i honestly don't i would know
1: imagine there'll be i would imagine there'll be wheelchair races but i don't know anything about it and i know they're obviously not starting at the same time for the elite men's and women's but the start times again, I don't know the gap between them. I don't know what the start times are. We really we probably should have looked that up. That's probably the one stat we should have looked up.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But here we go. So so all of those things are are things that we're going to learn kind of on the on the fly. Um but yeah, it, it's you know, when it comes down to the television coverage, things like Ineos and Project um breaking two project, sorry, are gonna be kind of arbiters they're going to be the sort of the bench line or sorry the yardstick you know like the benchmark for these kind of things because you don't need to cut away to somebody dressed as a rhinoceros and i'm sure they'll probably have people doing their virtual races which you know they'll probably cut to or they might have like a facebook live stream or something like that which it cuts away to but realistically there's no reason why they need to turn the cameras off of the event or off of the um elite event for too long
1: no, well, hopefully they won't turn them off at the event at all. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on. It's going to be on BBC, I'm pretty sure. It so, is, yeah, yeah, it yeah is. there's no need to. There's no need for um, adverts or anything like that, so they wouldn't be cutting away for that. But yeah, no, they, it should be focused on the race the entire time. Even if if they're doing kind of interviews or something with someone, like you can still have the re- the screen on there. Well, but, that's, that's precisely yeah, I know. what I did I, with Ineos. I think it's going to be an exciting race as well. Well, so should I certainly we, hope so. I was going to say, shall we talk about some predictions or some who's in the race? Should we do that little little preview? Oh, go on then. <laughs> oh, go on then. So let's start at the very front. Let's start with our main man who, yeah, that's probably what people have come here from. Before. They've probably come here to hear us fangirl over Kipchoge. So Why the hell not? Go on. I can't see past him. I think he's nailed on for the win and i personally i think there's going to be a world record the reason why i think he's going to run a world record is this course looks rapid it's a lapped course which means that any kind of weather condition if there's bad weather if there's wind or if it's cold whatever that's going to be pretty much nullified because you'd never have to battle the wind or anything like that for too long because it's a lapped course yeah it looks flat, flat as a pancake. The roads all around there, like they're all good roads. They may even have been relayed lately, like recently. It's just, it's going to be a fast day.
0: I think it's it's important to look at past experience and there are a few things that go on because you've got all the you know that I've i started noticing them kind of calling it the race of the century and you know kings versus kings and all these sort of things that you would usually attribute to like boxing matches and stuff like that which is good fun I like to mm. see that I like to see that sort of thing um and don't get me wrong like you know Bekele who's obviously the other big name in this um is always going to be a threat and the part of me that actually kind of you know worries for Kipchoge as it were goes well you've got one of the most accomplished track runners ever who's going to be right up there with you um who's going to be able to stick to you like glue and know that it's not a case of if you go around the corner you've disappeared forever you know there's when it comes down to motivational things obviously i haven't run a big elite event but something like a big city marathon you can easily start to open a gap and then that person can go around the corner and then you can't see them for a little bit and that's how the gaps start to creep away um mm. you know and that's how the that's how the sort of race is won or lost i would imagine mentally and tactically but on a looped course i reckon anyone who's really going to grit their teeth and bite down and go for it i feel like that's naturally going to suit them um however however and this is the big so thing. i do
1: i do think it's suited more to a track runner the way the course is because uh, well basically it's just laps isn't it <laughs> it's more yeah. suited to a track runner if there's multiple laps. But I still, personally, I don't think Bekele stands a chance. I don't think he stands a chance because of the way Kipchoge runs races. I don't think Bekele can handle it. I think Bekele works much better off of a race not going out quite so hard. Yeah. Whereas Kipchoge likes to just go from the gun and just run hard, 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 hard. Well, and then still accelerate off that pace. He's, Bekele, he's... at some point in the race, whether it's... At like at the beginning, working into it, or a lag in the middle. At some point, Bakili, even if he's on having the race of his life and he's absolutely on one, he's going to have a lag. Here we
0: That's go. That's just the
1: way he races. This, he's this... going to have a lag, and how he, both he and Kipchoge, mentally react to that lag, is what's going to make the race on the day if he's in shape. But personally, I don't think he's going to be in shape. I don't. I just don't think he's going to be ready to go physically or mentally. Well, I don't think he's going to be ready to do battle with Kipchoge. What? And another stat that I have about, sorry, you're, you're like, on, you have something you really want I'm to say, it, but I'm I've itchy. got my one last thing. Yeah, yeah, go on. My last, my last thing about Bukeley is he's never run two good marathons in a row. What was the last marathon that Bukeley ran? It was when he nearly broke the world record in Berlin. Okay, go.
0: Anyway, my point was going to be something to the tune of imagine if you were. Bekele, you've got all this pressure of like, oh, you're finally going you know, you had your good race, you're finally going up against Kipchoge And yeah, he had a good half marathon as well at the start of the year. Do you remember don't forget, you know, the last sort of event there was in in its current format, um, you
1: know, it was the event obviously you were there as well. Um Well, yeah. remember the guy remember the guy that he beat into second in that race is my coach. So yeah, well, this had is, insider this... information on how Bekele was feeling in that race and apparently he was blowing out of his ass through halfway well
0: so, this this is what again I, this is this is what I'd, i was going to say I'd be say.
1: tentative in calling that a good half marathon especially in the context of the well and especially since i think two british guys ran quicker than that in northern ireland a couple of weeks ago so yeah.
0: well this this is kind of how i was going to say it so you know despite the fact of whatever you might say and the pressure so he's got pressure on him we know these things um The way that I was going to say it though, and this happened obviously in Berlin, which then he he pulled it back and turned it around and it was remarkable. But in all of his kind of previous events and things like that of recent memory, there's always been a moment where he's not been at the front or he's had to recover something or he's kind of had to concentrate to avoid the gap getting too big or something like that. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you saw Kipchoge not at the front? can you think of a moment in the last four or five yeah, no, marathons right. where he's run and he hasn't been the very first person over the horizon?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Well, the the two times that Kipchoge has been either beaten or tested over the marathon distance was obviously when he lost to Wilson Kipsang, which we've since found out. He's a dirty doper, so that doesn't even really count. And was when Wassehan and I forget the other guy's name, but the, these two guys that, the two guys that stuck to him like glue—in oh, London was the last other guy, year. Yeah, Garamu, Garamu yeah. there you go. Wasehun and Garamu, who I think are both back in London this year. I know Wasehun definitely is. Yeah, I'm sure. And he's I've my thought... pick. He's my pick for the guy who's going to really give Kipchoge a handful, if anyone can.
0: Yeah.
1: He, yeah, those two stuck to him like glue until he made that move at the drinks bottle table, and just almost tricks them into losing more oh, than more was, than outran
0: them he was poetry and watching that
1: i should also mention like i'm a vacaylee fan i think vacaylee's an incredible athlete i do think he's the goat of long distance running on the track but the marathon he just hasn't quite taken to and it seems like a silly thing to say for the second fastest marathon runner of all time but the consistent that consistency that he had at the track he'd show up at the olympics the world championships the diamond league no matter what you knew that he could, like, you knew that he was going to win every single time. He was able to drop like a fifty-two last lap at the end of a ten k. I just don't see that same dominance in the marathon, and I think having had that dominance on the track, it's kind of affected his mentality a little bit to the point where he's only really run well in Berlin when he's had it all go his own way.
0: Yeah, well, this is the question that you you could always ask: Is had Ineus have not gone ahead and had Kipchoge been on that same start line in Berlin? Do you think Bekele would have? Do you think had that gap of had that gap that Bekele made up evolved with Kipchoge? Do you think Bekele would have stood a chance of making it up under those ideal conditions, like you said?
1: If Kipchoge is in that race, I think Kipchoge goes on to win and runs like two hundred one flat, and Bekele DNFs. That's my <laughs> personal opinion. Yes, yeah, so, but
0: so do you think that might
1: carry on on Sunday? i had i do yeah and i've been saying this ever since it was announced that they were going to go head to head and i know you know that because we've talked about it multiple times but i mean i i hope he proves me wrong i hope it's an awesome race but i just i can't personally see it i think it's going to be kipchoge dominance again and that may be the fanboy in me hoping that that's the case <laughs> as well because as, as much as kipchoge is the goat of the track uh, sorry, as much as is the goat of the track, Kipchoge the goat of the marathon. And we are quite fortunate to be living in a time where these guys are both running. And we've got the future goat of the track breaking world records at the moment as well in Joshua guy, who's going to have a crack. We'll give him a quick shout-out as well for oh. having a crack at the 10,000 world records. I think it's three days after the London Marathon. so Literally. like, If we, if we do a little London pre- uh, review to go with this preview... Yeah. We'll have to uh, wait until after that one's gone down as well. Otherwise, we're going to have to be knocking out a podcast every other day in October.
0: Yeah, it is going to be an enormously exciting time to kind of see the sport back and see it in a slightly adjusted, but but hopefully exciting format.
1: Well, there's every, there is every possibility that 2020 could see world records at the 5,000, 10,000 and marathon. And who'd have thought that three months ago?
0: Exactly. Yeah, well, who'd have thought you'd even get any sport, let alone world record level sport?
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And while some of it is down to, you know, yeah, technology, footwear, all of that stuff, and the fact that we are able to – this is something that I've not heard anyone – it's a take that I've not heard anyone have before. But could it be that because there are all of these restrictions placed on, you know, how many people can compete in a certain kind of event and stuff like that, could it be that we're now so much more focused on the very top end of sport – that's why we're seeing big performances
0: potentially yeah um it, it could be that it could be a factor well put it this way as well if i was a race organizer and i said right i can get the top guys who i know are gonna really really put put my event on the map or do i want a bunch of people that i've still got to pay but i'm limited on my numbers you know you're going to want to bring in the big names you're going to want to create spectacle because if you've had a venue booked for god knows how long or if you've got a load of money that you you know you you use it or you lose it well you're going to want to use it in the most dynamic and creative way possible and i would always go for the big high high class names and try and find the opportunities to create world records and create spectacle because because it's the only way you're going to get any attention
1: exactly well exactly if you could afford to have one yakabinger britson or Five, I don't know whoever else is
0: Kieran Clements
1: be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you'd probably need about 20 of me to keep up with him, but yeah, well, if you could afford one Jakob ingebrigtsen or 20 Kieran Clements, I'd want to see the one Jakob going after a you know a 348 mile exactly, rather than yeah, yeah, four of me doing a relay and just about cracking four, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, <laughs> which
1: is probably yeah. about the shape I'm in, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's an interesting thought that and i've had some kind of feedback from people that have been doing track races and stuff like this and they have kind of said like because you're in a race that there's not people you're not really jostling for position or anything like that because there's so few of you in the race and your ability level is able to be matched much closer than it would if you were in a larger race so if we take a bmc for example british milers club for those who don't know they organize Kind of races all around the country that are set up for people to go and run pbs fast times on the track so if you're in a 5000 or a 1500 there let's, we'll use 1500 as an example because positioning is just a little bit more important there if you're in a 1500 in a bmc there can be up to about 20 people in your race and that kind of the golfing class in some races can be quite large so there can be up to about a 10 second gap in personal best between the fastest and slowest in that race when which is a large gap over the 1500 but if you then condense that into per lap it's not that large of a gap so it's important if you're a 345 runner you don't want to be stuck with the 355 guy ahead of you on the first lap which means you could potentially be having to go out in you know 58 59 when what you want to do is try and run even pace 60s so it's just a it, it's a little bit more of an economical way to run and a little bit less stressful. And yeah, I think it might have some performance benefits, having smaller fields and having just more of a focus on the elite and that focus as well, kind of the mental edge of that, I think can't be, can't be downplayed too much either.
0: No, well, I I think, and, and here's a, here's a throwback for you. How long ago was, did it feel like, um, me doing my in 10k, how long ago does that feel now? That was in January.
1: <laughs> I know, I can't believe that's even the same year. That oh, no, was, well, that was a great day for Steadfast. Shout out once again to yourself, Francis Britton and Chris Cook, everybody running huge PVs over the 10k. Yeah, but think- From 34 for Chris to 37 for you and Francis, yeah, which is so, awesome.
0: So to, so to think back to that day and think about my own experience with that is, um and, and basically I'm going to relate it to the elite in the way of mindset, I know that when I went out, I was sort of in a bit of a unknown territory at the start of the race because I didn't want to go right the way up the front because I knew that there were people who were going to be fast. I knew, you know, there were people in like, you know, 300 quid Vaporfly shoes that were going to go and leg it and be better than me. (laughs) So I didn't want to go right up the front. But then, obviously, the, the gap that I left between me and those people at the front was full of people that kind of go out. And then after, like, a mile, you start to think, like, hang on, here we go. Went out too hard. Yeah. Know were doing. <laughs> and, and the thing is, that's not necessarily a problem for me because I still went out and ran a good race. But if I was on a performance, really hard performance standpoint, I'd go.
1: If, if you're I, on that kind of knife's edge of. If can't. Well, if, yeah your absolute max ability well
0: if i will put it this way if i knew that everybody i was going out there with was going to run a sub 40 i would not want to be at the back and i would know a lot more like pack right all these people are in my level pack it and i'll get roughly this time pack, you know and i basically i kind of understand my race a little bit more but like i say when you get people that are blowing after a mile you go right okay well we're gonna go past you and then you sort of on to the next and the next and the next and you sort of set your goals exactly. that way exactly Whereas if I knew everyone well, was roughly on that, like, you know, between 35 and 40 minute time period, I would be mm-hmm. much less scared to go, hell, I'll go up the front and see what happens. You know? And if I fall off, I fall off. But if I, <laughs> if, I if I if I can hang on, then I'm going to run really well. And and that's probably something that like you explained, on the flip was,
1: side is that as well. Like if people start going off at a pace that you think is too hard, but you know that they're your ability level. Then you can kind of think like, all right, no, I'm not going to let them go and think that I'll go past them in the end. Like, I know that they're about my ability level. I'll take that gamble and sit on them and I'll follow this faster pace. Definitely. Yeah. So it's all, and, you know, that could try, that could push them and drag you to, you know, a much quicker time than you went in looking for because the competition is there. So you're able to step your, step your game up.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it is it is all really exciting ways to you know, that's a that's a remarkably positive spin we've had on just how we would organise sport and people that organise big events and know all the top guys and have to pay them to come here probably all think about this a lot more intensively than we do. So it does speak <laughs> yeah. it does speak volumes that we can still create these good events and these spectacles even in these troubled, unusual times.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go back. We've got off on a little bit of a tangent here. That doesn't back to? (laughs) No, I know. (laughs) Let's go back to the London Marathon, and I think we should do some predictions. I'm just pulling up the London Marathon Elite Field right now. And, yeah, I think we could do... How about we do our top three men and top three women in Mm. each the overall and the kind of british category
0: well you're gonna to have to take the lead on this because i truthfully don't know enough of the big names um i know that <laughs> <laughs> i know that cost i know that cost um is in the um i know that cost is in the women's race but i'm not sure of anyone else truthfully um <laughs> so, so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to let you take it but here we go i'm gonna throw it out there in the men's race at least i wouldn't be at all surprised i don't know i think i'd be a little bit surprised if we got a world record um but that's maybe just because it kind of doesn't feel real yet like the berlin marathon like the day that the world record was run you were just like yeah we're on for a world record here it felt realistic but because the whole world still doesn't quite feel normal it just doesn't feel right that you'd get a world record so that's maybe me but I wouldn't be at all surprised after speaking to you if we see a Kipchoge world record um and I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see at least a couple of people go sub 2-3 I reckon
1: yes I think so well we've already got Geramu and Wasihan in here who are did they both run did they run under 203 or um, did they run very close I one of them did
0: Geramu Geramu did sub 2-3 yes. I think um what was um I think he. Ra- I mean, it was just outside. It was like. It, was, I think it was. Yeah, it, it was two o three o something. Two o three change. It? Yeah, it was like. Yeah. It was. I think it was still. I think that two o. I think basically, garamu's time would have beaten the Kimeto record. So he was like two fifty four or something. Or yeah, it, it, mm. it was. Yeah, it was. It was that was inside the Kimeto world record. But I think the next one wasn't, if I remember right.
1: was just outside. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see at least yeah two or three times under 203 and maybe even a couple of times under 202
1: yeah no i like that do you have a top three who you think is going to be top three just to
0: um, I... some of the
1: other favorites that you've got in there you've got Kis- kip Serum, you've got tola kitata lemma and you've also got moen um i think he's i don't think he's the european record holder anymore but he's the norwegian guy um Who trains out in Kenya with um Canova? He ran two hundred five a couple of years ago, yeah. so he could be a, he could be a dark horse up the front. I don't see him competing with those guys, but
0: yeah, I mean we I, could
1: see we could potentially see a European record, which I think is certainly worth noting.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think you can bet outside of the the two big names at the front. um I'd love to see Kipchoge get it, and I'd love to see him do it in a world record time. So I'm going to back my guy there. Um, yep. Oh, I'd, I, I'm intrigued to watch garamu go again because he held on so firmly last time, and he didn't. He got dropped by he Kipchoge did. on that table, on that table move, but he didn't get dropped hugely. Well, you know, you know he won't fall down. for that
1: again as well.
0: It, well, this is it. As well, we've just got to see if he's got enough, if he's got enough fortitude to to not fall for it. Like I say, and if he's got, and the thing is, if he's got, he might see it as, what he might see is, he might see a way of going, okay, well, if I can't get Kipchoge and I can't hang on to him, if, if Paquale is anywhere nearby or if he, you know, he might end up targeting or doing something dramatic in, in the respect of if he could beat both of them or if he can beat one of them or something like that, You, you that could really put him on the map. If he could, if he could finish second, if he could finish second in between the other two, that would be a statement.
1: Okay. So you go in, kipchoge garamu and then bekele is your prediction or go on kipchoge and then garamu and bekele in some order
0: yeah no yeah go on yeah that's how i do i know i'll go i'll go i'll go garamu in the middle there
1: you're backing garamu yeah why
0: the hell Well,
1: no that's that's interesting because i'm also backing garamu okay so here's my my somewhat bold prediction for the outcome of london in terms of the the very very front of the race i think I honestly, I, gen- I don't know why, but I've got a feeling that we're going to see Kipchoge win in a world record. Exciting. And I think we're going to see, I know, it's going to be it's going to be a great watch. You don't want to miss it. And I think we're also going to see the same top three as last year. I think Garamu is going to push him far into the race, but I think when Kipchoge goes, he's going to go and it's going to be decisive. I could see Garamu challenging 202. I could see him going yeah 202 low to mid. And I think, yeah, I think Wassi Han's going to hold on for third. I just, I know I've I've really been horrible to the Kaylee in this podcast and (laughs) by some miracle he ever listens to this, I'm really sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I I just don't see it coming together for him. I'd love to be proved wrong here, but I just don't see it coming together for him. Um, Similar thing with Moen, I don't think Moen's going to break the European record. Um, Again, I'd love to be proved wrong by him, but I just, I haven't seen enough from him to kind of Think yeah he's in 205 shape i know he broke the european record for the one hour run um before mo and um bashir went at it yeah
0: and it wasn't Uh, long ago either
1: no it wasn't but he was then disqualified for wearing his next percents on the track which is a whole kettle of fish but yeah no that's that's my predictions for for the very front of the race but i want to give a shout out to the British kind of the British Olympic trials is what they are I mean it's been kind of played down with all the excitement of Kipchoge, Bekele and all of the other guys up the front and Moen potentially going after the European record but it's going to be a really really good race I mean the big three that you've kind of got is Chris Thompson my coach is obviously the wily veteran he's been around for Christ knows how long and you know has been a dominant force on British athletics, pushed Bakay in the big half back in March.
0: Yeah, pushed him
1: through um, halfway. But well, yeah, pushing through further than that, I think. But either way, there's not many people that can say they've made Bakeley hurt out on the roads. <laughs> um, so you've got he's one of kind of the big big names to watch out for in the British race. You've got Johnny Meller, who ran the qualifying time, the Olympic qualifying time, he ran 210 in Valencia. I think it was Valencia back in either January or February, whenever that was. But so, Johnny Johnny Miller's got the time. He's on paper would be one of the favourites to qualify behind Callum Hawkins um, and take nab one of those other two spots. And then you've got very interestingly Ben Connor on his marathon debut. Now I've followed Ben on Strava and he's been putting in some cracking sessions, and I <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised at all if Ben wins the British champs race and goes under two ten. Nice. So nice. that's based off of his training that he's been doing. I don't, the problem with the marathon is your training means pretty much nothing. So <laughs> it is, it yeah, is an it's, animal, isn't it? It is its own animal. It's, it's just completely different to anything else. Um, so those are kind of the big three in the men's race. Um, I think we could maybe see either Josh Griffiths or Charlie Holson, who, both run 214 in the past we could see them mix it up if one of these guys isn't quite firing on all cylinders or is on a bit of an off day um i'm not sure whether ross Math, not ross um ross something who went to the olympics and also trains with johnny meller ross millington sorry ross if you listen to this that i forgot your last name Ross Millington uh, went to the Rio Olympics in the 10,000 meters. I thought he was making his debut at London, but he's not on the list here. So if he's in it, expect him to be right up there challenging those big three. Yeah. Um, oh, no, he is on the list. Um, I managed to miss him. Yep. Ross Millington making his debut. So I would expect him to be kind of, yeah, up there with those three. If I had to make a prediction, I would probably go Ben Connor, Chris Thompson, Johnny Mellor for the top three.
0: Nice.
1: Um, but that could change depending on so many factors of <laughs> how on... the races run, how those guys' build-ups have been going, yeah, how healthy they are, what training they've been able to do through lockdown. But, yeah, that's, that's what I'd expect to see. But, yeah, who knows? Right, let's see if we can pull up the women's elite field. Yeah,
0: well, I've just got it up on here, and um, yeah, some familiar names. In well, you the... said
1: Koskai was running, didn't yeah, you?
0: Yeah, Vivian Cherry, there you again release... as well. Yeah, um, but you can't see the past usual suspects. Yeah, you can't see past Koscii. Um Was it? Um, I'm not sure how you say surname. Mega um, Mega Two, Mergatoo. Two um... he's e- e- the open runner who. I can't remember. Hold on, it it's her, just loading for me now. I can't remember if it was her that won if it was her that won London a few years oh, ago. Yeah. Um but then got DQ'd for drugs. I can't remember if that was her. I doubt I don't <laughs> be, I doubt she'd be back <laughs> no, in, no, back in would, the No, no, they wouldn't mix They wouldn't have
1: her back. No, no. Yeah. no they definitely no, wouldn't not. have her back. Um yeah. Ruth and gatech is worth giving a shout out to though. Um she's obviously run very, very fast and she could be she could be dangerous. I mean I think our listeners can probably tell by the amount we're flagging on this, that we're not really as clued up on women's marathon running as we we are men. (laughs) We we should be, but I mean, it's just, it's just life. We're just not, can't pay attention to everything. Um, But yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why we're not as clued up on the depth of the field is that like Cosguy is just so dominant. Like I can't see past Cosguy for this one. Yeah, and also just having a... What do we think about the prospects of uh, a world record for women?
0: I think it could be extremely likely because uh, CrossCard does seem to be... She does seem to be really, really powering through a lot of these races. She she was in the uh, one-hour women's world attempt, wasn't she? But she wasn't quite successful, um, even though she pushed through. Am I right in thinking that?
1: No, you are right in thinking that. But the reason that is is because that was actually her first ever race on the track. Amazing. So yeah you almost you almost wouldn't expect it but I think I I think she's going to win I think Vivian Sherrick will hang on for second and I would imagine Ruth Cheptengate will come through for third. Do you reckon it'll be a Kenya, that's, that's Kenya my... 1 2 3, do you? I think so. I mean there there are some good Ethiopians in here but yeah I just I I think they've got I think they've got it. I think the Kenyans have got it question is do we think we'll see Sinead Driver leading through halfway again she did last year <laughs> yeah
0: well that would be, that'll <laughs> she's, be...
1: In it. she's in it again I'd like to see her be kind of first non-African it seems like a kind of a stupid thing to celebrate but I, I would imagine we'll see her run fairly quick and yeah probably finish first at af- first non-African
0: yeah well that would be that would be a nice little homage like I say after she was leading through the halfway point so dramatically in London last year
1: <laughs> yeah, when nobody else wanted to go with the pacemaker. Yeah, definitely,
0: definitely. No, well, I think that's a a pretty a pretty good summary of predictions, and I, I'm really excited to see what happens on Sunday. I'm excited to see if my own legs stay under me. Um, I am very happy to say that I am. I say I'm happy. I'm not that happy because I'm really tight with my money, but I am in the process of spending all of my pounds on new running shoes, um, and a couple of a couple of pairs of which will probably. Give me good strength come
1: Sunday. Um yes, definitely. So so well, fingers and tongues crossed say, I one should of be them, going there. One of them is a bouncier pair of shoes, isn't it? Not carbon fiber, oh, right. I
0: might of... add. Yeah, not carbon fiber. No, no. But zoom x but... foam and uh, air cushions. So
1: Yes. So I would save those for the later ones. That's that's gonna be my top tip. Give you a little okay. boost. Yeah, nice. Okay, well that's
0: my that's my plan is get a couple of New pairs of running shoes because my other shoes that I'm wearing at the moment are starting to get to the point where they, they need to be considered sh- to be changed. So I thought, screw it, I may as well accelerate. I'd buy new shoes anyway for the marathon. So um, I may as well treat myself as as now's, now's the opportunity. And my sister, as I mentioned, going off to uni, has now got a 10% Nike discount code. So get in. Oh,
1: best. <laughs> what, what better timing could you ask for? Perfect. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so, so actually, what we haven't mentioned yet is there's some very exciting steadfast action on Marathon Sunday as well. Go. So we've got Jack Rathborn. Hey, shout out, Jack. I'm pretty sure he'll listen to this. So yeah. well done for making it so far, mate. And sorry yeah. we haven't mentioned you yet. No, and well done but...
0: also, because I have been reading his messages and seeing the sessions that he's publishing on Instagram, stuff like that.
1: He is so up for this. I'm oh, incredibly yeah, excited.
0: He's... He is so up for this. Well,
1: b- Yeah, well, before I kind of yeah say too much, yeah, we should really – kind of yeah give him the biggest kudos possible, imaginable about how he's approached this whole thing you and him from the start have had very kind of polar opposite thoughts regarding how you want to approach this kind of what's happened basically with the london marathon and he's always been of the opinion of like no matter what whether it's virtual whether i'm there like I'm going to run a marathon on the 4th of October. That's what they've said. I'm holding them to it, and I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to go for it and run as fast as I can. Which is extremely,
0: extremely commendable.
1: Yes, (laughs) as bold, to say the least. And there's no right or wrong answer, depending, like, however anyone else out there listening that had plans to run London, who has been kind of, yeah, if they've been struggling with motivation or if they've kind of thought, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing, like I'm just going to run... As fast as I can for 26.2 miles on the 4th of October, no matter what. Or if they sort of thought done in between kind of thing, like, yeah, I'll run a marathon, but I'm just going to sort of get round and I'm going to train for other things in the meantime. Whatever. There's no right or wrong answers. But Jack has been absolutely smashing it. He's been putting in big, big marathon training, putting it all on Strava, like you said. So you guys can see him. We've been talking about it in the group chat. He's run 5K and take. 10k pbs along the way i think he's 10k pb he actually split two 5k pbs in a row so Alrighty. he's uh he's in shape things, boys in
0: shape Things you love to hear
1: <laughs> absolutely so he's going to be running that around bushy park on sunday and i'm hoping to be able to join him probably on the bike uh for a, as much of it as i kind of can really um yeah how about with drinks things like that and Yeah, I think he's in good shape. I think he's going to run quick. I'm not going to put a bold time prediction out there for him because I know he'll probably listen to this and I don't want to psych him out, but he's going to run a significant PB. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, shout-outs to Jack. Um, And shout-outs to anybody else who's going to be running 26.2 miles or running any miles at all on Marathon Sunday. I mean, I'm planning on getting out for about 11 personally. So... (laughs) kudos to anyone who's doing more than i am which is probably quite a lot of people
0: excellent
1: excellent indeed right so i think that's pretty much i mean i could go on about this all day but i need to leave in about one minute's time so should we should we bring this bring it all to a close is there anything else you want to say any links that you want to give out for people for for each or anything like
0: that yeah that's the only thing that i'd say is obviously anyone who is listening to this who knows me who knows jack who knows anybody who's taking part in this there is a very good chance that there is some sort of fundraising attached to them so do consider being generous obviously i know it's been tough with everything that's been going on but um but do consider being generous where you can um because everyone's been affected by this charities and you know very much so so if you if you have got a fiver to give to somebody or more then it's always greatly appreciated um and yeah thank you so much for listening we are conscious that this has been a big gap between our pods and we always say we're going to bring it back more regularly but hopefully now that life at least feels like on my end of things and hopefully for you you know we've both changed where we live etc etc we can start to uh start to get back on it so we're certainly going to have yeah an hopefully real life, to, life
1: won't strike us down again
0: no well we're certainly going to have an opportunity to catch up um on you know post post race that post race day so um i think we should just leave it at that and say good luck to everyone running elites plodders walkers whatever you might be good luck if you are taking part in a 26 mile session on sunday and uh yeah we'll catch up with you soon
1: absolutely well now that we've done a london marathon review or preview even now that we've done a london marathon preview we've left ourselves kind of promising a london marathon review so let's do that will hopefully be the next time you hear from us keep a lookout on socials and all of that stuff for how we get on on the day if not we'll we'll let we'll be sure to let you know in the podcast hopefully sam will still be in one piece hopefully jack will run (laughs) run a nice big pb and hopefully i'll have got to sit down with my feet up in a cup of tea and watch some good races (laughs) so yeah until then thanks for listening cheers everyone